guys. Welcome back to Our Hearts Surrendered. My name is Addison and I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Hi friends. My name is Sophie and I'm the other co-host of Our Hearts Surrendered. You guys, we've had so many technical difficulties. We're just happy to be here right now. That is so true. <laughs> we spent like at least 10 minutes getting my computer to work and then I had the microphone on the wrong setting, so you could only hear me. You couldn't hear Addie. We were like eight minutes into the episode, and I look over to the computer, and I'm like, hey, my line is really small. So we stopped to listen to it, and it sounded like I was talking from like eight feet away. I was just like, okay, oh no. Okay, so when I first got the mic, I like looked at all of the different features that were there on the audio that you could do, and I saw the heart that... and. That's the single person mm-hmm. one, but in my mind, I said, oh, the heart, because you love people, and you want to talk with them, <laughs> so that has been, so when we sat down to record, I was like, gotta go to the heart, we love people, even oh. though that's so off, Incorrect. Yeah, so I okay. had to retrain myself. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, you tried. Um, we're just gonna, like, dive in, because it has now been almost an hour since we attempted to start this episode. My word of the week, though, we are gonna do that, because how could we forget I went into this whole long explanation that now that I'm like about to repeat is just not worth it. Yeah. My week me was too. just a normal week. It average. was like an average week. I would say like not too great, not too bad. It's just right in the middle. And that's a good thing because I think it's like a really restful, like sometimes it's just like need a normal week, you know? Amen. My word of the week, my week was also average, but my word of the week was healing because of D now last weekend. I grew a lot. I learned a lot and I'm riding that D now wave. In a good way, not a bad way. So that's my word. I also went into a long explanation that was not needed. I think that's something that I'm learning through re-recording, is I say things that don't need to be said. That's not... I mean, it adds character, guys. I think that's what I love about this podcast. I have the hiccups now. That's awesome. Uh, that's something I love about this podcast. Hiccups add character. Hiccups do add character. It's just like... it. I, my goal was always to like make it feel like y'all are on FaceTime with us. Yeah. Um, and I guess, like, me sounding like I was eight feet away might help that. But <laughs> Maybe you were folding laundry while doing the podcast. I fold did laundry we... while I FaceTime. Okay. Oh, dude, I literally, for, like, the past four months, I've only folded laundry while I'm on FaceTime. Whoa. Like, that's the only time. And, like, recently, and I don't FaceTime many people, and I, like, stopped FaceTiming this person, like, they're whatever. Um... And so since then, I had not folded laundry because I associated it with FaceTime and I just haven't FaceTimed in a long time. You just need to FaceTime me every time your room needs to be clean. No, literally. So today, I like, was the first time I sat down probably all year. Like, it's the 22nd of January. And I, I mean, yo, when I tell you that I had laundry piling up on my floor, I was, like, living off of my floor. It was so bad. Do you know what I'm excited for? February 22nd. Because it's going to be two, 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 two. And it's a Tuesday. <gasps> it's literally Tuesday. I like, cannot T-W-O-S-K. wait. We have to throw a Tuesday 2 22 party. Let's do it. We'll do it. Y'all are all invited. Um, We're posting it. on a Tuesday, too. Oh, my gosh. We make a whole episode about Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. We should <laughs> no, take we a week definitely. off we- from the podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we make a podcast still, but we take a week off from the series. No, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. Guys, it's going to be a really good series. I'm really excited. Anyways, we're talking about John. Finishing we are talking, up we're finishing series. up this series. So we can get in the next series. Yeah, and it's going to be dope. It's going to be so sick. But John is my little... He's just a little character. Okay, guys? <laughs> is he silly? He's a silly little guy. And... <laughs> Um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptic gospels, right? They are very similar. I've read them all. I've obviously read John as well. Um, I'm not just saying that. But 
I was like, I had no idea even where to start with John. So something that's been helpful to me while studying it and also to you guys as listeners is reading this little blurb that's in the back of Sophie and I's Bible. So I'm going to give it a go. Bear with me if I can't read. Sometimes it's hard. The Gospel of John was written to persuade people to believe in Jesus. The opening verses declare that Jesus is God, stressing his unique relationship with God the Father. The book focuses on seven of Jesus's signs or miracles to show his divinity. Jesus called people to believe in him, promising eternal life. He proved he could give life by raising Lazarus and by his own death and resurrection. John features Christ's seven I am statements, his encounters with Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman, his upper room teachings, and his washing of disciples' feet, and his high priestly prayer. It includes the most well-known summary of the gospel. The author was probably the Apostle John, writing about A.D. 85. So, like that said, and like I've been doing... AD 85, 85 AD. I don't know why it said AD 85. But fun <laughs> fact, that's the proper way to say it. Yeah, I just say it wrong every time <laughs> because I don't like it. Um, a little bit of context, a little bit of context about John. Like it said, most likely written by John the Apostle, and his personality is heavily reflection of his writing. Um, this book was most likely written in Ephesus, which is one of the largest centers of Christian activity at the time, and it's called a supplementary gospel. Um, it was the last one written. It could have been anywhere from like 85 to 95 AD or even close to 100. Um, but the biggest thing that I want to focus on is the audience is both Jews and Gentiles. Okay, heavy emphasis on Gentiles though, right? And he explained like the way we decided that this is we as if I made the decision. Like we as Christians have decided and scholars have decided that it was written to both Jews and Gentiles is because he explained Jewish customs and Palestinian geography to non-Jews. Um, and he also emphasized Jesus as the Jewish Messiah and fulfillments of themes. So you see that duality of like, I'm appealing to this audience, but I'm also appealing to this audience. Um, and it might have been around, written around the time that Rome destroyed Jerusalem. There's this quote in one of the commentaries that I was reading that said, Matthew, Mark, and Luke were written viewing Jesus earth up. John was written looking heaven down. Oh, that kind of like is like a picture of like what this book is kind of all about. Um, there was so much emphasis on Jesus's. Well, the way I said Jesus was just really interesting. <laughs> there was so much emphasis on Jesus's deity. Um, and this was just so that his readers would believe that he is Christ, son of God, leading to eternal life. There was a huge emphasis on eternal life in this book. Like all throughout it, the huge main message is that Jesus leads to eternal life. Jesus is God. Like, it's like the Trinity. But there's this big fancy word for saying, like, God is Jesus. Jesus is God. Like, three in one. Holy Spirit, right? Um, John's aim was not to give us what Jesus said, but what he meant, which is very different from the Synoptic Gospels. The Synoptic Gospels, there's a ton of quotes. There's, like, direct things from what Jesus is saying, what Jesus is teaching, Um, But in this book, he skipped a lot of parables and focused a a lot on Jesus's ministry. Um, There is like recounting of Jewish feasts and Jesus's private conversations and the preparation of his disciples, which I think was very important because now that we see kind of a reflection of Jesus was preparing to die. So he's preparing his disciples. And now we await for Jesus's second coming while we are preparing for that. Um, So the format of this book. This is what I really love about John is just like the formatting is okay. (laughs) Guys, if you've ever, we talk about the Bible project every single week because it helped us so much while learning about these books. Um, 
But if you've ever watched it, you know that most of the books are just like one part. Um, all three of the gospels are just one part videos of just like, I can talk about this entire book in one part, but John was split into two parts and they were both like 10 minutes long. So 20 minutes for John, the rest of them were like seven minutes each. So there's just like a lot to unpack with John. It is wild. Um, but the introduction, which is literally just chapter one. Um, it parallels with Genesis because it starts with in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Okay. Genesis starts very similarly and it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Okay. It's like very, very similar. So it starts with like in the beginning, there's the word in the beginning, the world was created, whatever those things. So it parallels with Genesis and then you're given like. John the Baptist, Jesus was given seven titles, um, which was important because there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear about the light. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So he's putting a lot of focus on here are the seven titles Jesus was given. This guy is God. He was given seven separate titles. I had them written down, but I lost it. So um, if you read the first chapter, you'll see all seven of them. And but it's like Messiah and like all these different ones. And a lot of it was just emphasis on like, this is Jesus, but it's also the son of God and it's the Messiah. And it's like all these things. And it's kind of forming this idea of Jesus is God. Jesus is the son of God. And it's like, it's just a weird concept in Christianity. That's like hard for, I think like baby Christians or non-Christians to like even grasp. Even for me, I'm like, what do you mean that they're all the same person? Um, but that being said, that's just the introduction, chapter one. Chapter two through ten, those chapters are signs and controversies. Um, essentially, the entire time Jesus is making a claim or performing a miracle, it's misunderstood and forces the audience to choose. It's choosing to believe, like, it kind of, it usually goes across, um, like, it comes across as, like, breaking a law or breaking um, the standard of what people thought that the Son of God and, like, the savior was going to be and it made him choose like is this really the savior am i choosing to believe that this is who this is or am i choosing not to right um so jesus uh, makes that claim performs miracle misunderstood whatever the examples of this are chapter five he heals a man on the sabbath that broke so many laws because a it's like this guy is claiming to be the son of god but god told us to rest on the sabbath i don't understand this He's making himself equal to God in that, right? He's saying, God told you to rest. I am God. I do what I want. That kind of vibe. But not exactly that because God is like not disobedient like that. You know what I mean? Um, chapter six, Passover. Um, it's whenever he fed the 5,000. And that was just like a huge deal because it was, in a way, he is claiming to be, well, he, he did claim to be the bread of life. He said that in chapter six, at the very end, like, 22 i think verses 22 all the way to 59 he was talking about being the bread of life verse 54 says whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and i will raise him up on the last day like that is literally like essentially just saying i am the bread of life if you eat me your eternal life right and it goes back again to just this idea that jesus is god jesus is like the one that provides eternal life um, chapters seven through the first half of 10 are the tabernacles. Um, I really don't understand what's happening there. I'm not going to lie. Maybe Sophie has more insight on that, but 
I'm just like not gonna really comment on it too much because I didn't really understand it. Um, but I do know that essentially, um, like the main message there is that he claims to be life saving, um, which is proven true later on. Similar to like the tabernacles, um, Timbi is about Hanukkah and it's when he's set apart, he is the true temple. Again, I don't really understand what's going on there, so I'm just gonna kind of skip over it. Um, Chapters 11 through 12, these are the biggest, like, kind of pivotal things in this entire gospel. Um, And it's the healing of Lazarus. Okay, this is so, so crucial to understanding the whole point of John. John, like, or this, this specific part of John is just insane because he focused so much on this in chapters 11 and 12 of Jesus was good friends with Lazarus. Lazarus was his boy. He loved that man. And um, just as if he's his own flesh, right? Lazarus died. He like, Jesus got news that he was sick and Lazarus died. And then they were on their way to help heal him. When he got there, Lazarus is gone. Jesus is like, no, I don't accept that. I know that I can raise this man up to life, right? I can renew his spirit. I can bring him back to life. But in doing so, in doing so, because he had to go all the way back to Israel to do this. I believe it's Israel. Uh, But in doing this, he put a target on his back because the people in the village knew that Lazarus was dead and they knew that Jesus, if he healed him, that was Jesus, right? They put, he just put a target on his own back and he essentially, in healing Lazarus and healing his friend, he laid down his own life for his friend. And that's the gospel. Like, that is the gospel in that in itself, right? It cost his own life, but he still did it because he loved his friend enough, right? Like, and then, I mean, like, all that to be said, immediately, like, and that's the whole passage where Jesus wept um, and then raised Lazarus. Very, very soon after that, there's the plot to kill, to kill Jesus. In verse 45 of chapter 11, it says, Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and see what he did, believed him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told him what Jesus had done. And that is when, like, the whole downfall of Jesus came to, like, fruition of, like, he's been predicting this and all that and, like, warning them. But this is where it's actually happening. And Jesus's final words, which is, like, close to the end of this chapter, 13 through 17 of the chapters, um, he warns, or he doesn't warn the disciples, he washes the disciples' feet. Guys, if you've ever washed somebody's feet, you know how, like, emotional that is in so many ways because it's disgusting and I hate feet that I, like, never want to do it. But we did this thing at camp one time where we washed each other's feet and our counselors washed our feet. And it was, like, the most heartbreaking thing I've ever felt. I was like, please, A, don't touch my feet. That's weird. But B, I was just like, oh, my gosh. I cannot imagine, like, the Savior, the God Most High doing this. Like, I, I was, it was weird even, like, for my counselor to do it, much less, like, the literal God of, like, I, I just, it was insane. Um, he was calling his disciples to love one another as he loved them. Um, there's a speech in chapters 14 through 17 that was introducing the Holy Spirit and the tool that he was going to be. Um, and, like, we still have today, which is just incredible. And then the seven I am statements. Um there like throughout the entire book there are seven i am statements um it's claiming like they're shocking statements that like were shocking to them at the time um 18 chapter 18 the very beginning of it um like the betrayal and arrest of jesus the last one like oh gosh guys this like literally gave me chills in the video because um they're standing in the garden and 
Judas like brought the soldiers in and the soldiers the soldiers were like who is Jesus right like well actually Jesus knowing that what was going on said whom do you seek and they answered him Jesus of Nazareth Jesus said to them I am he like he didn't try to hide it he was like yeah that's me you're looking for me bro um like I I know what's gonna happen um 18b through 19 was the crucifixion um I like there's this thing that was just crazy to me in the video that I like never understood they and they like very casually said it and I had to look it up and it's just like this was the fruition of the upside down kingdom and I was like what does that even mean because like what are those what are those words and it was essentially just saying that Jesus conquered sin by letting sin conquer him and like in being nailed to the cross he took on every sin and let it I mean like it literally killed him like he was dead (laughs) and that was how he conquered sin and that's how he conquered the world um, and then Jesus's resurrection was the seventh sign. It mentioned in the summary that there are seven signs. The first two, like they say, this is the first sign. This is the second sign. And then there are seven more or five more, I guess. That being the seventh. So my last thing about John, and then I'll let Sophie speak about what she wants to. Um, it's just like the picture of discipleship. Jesus's followers are most effective when they try to listen to Jesus, simply obeying his word. Um, that is when you see the disciples like bring the most glory to God and um, ultimately like they're content and they're happier and they do better when they just obey God and that's it they just have to obey Jesus so John is like a whirlwind and it was honestly probably the hardest gospel for me to understand um, but its main message is that Jesus is the son of God and Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the throne preparing his way for uh, like preparing a home for us um, and he's just as powerful, and so is the spirit which now resides in us as Christians. Yeah. Kavi, you have anything to add to that? I feel like I just, like, threw up a little over No, that was so good. Yeah, that's, like, kind of crazy that that's what you ended on, because in this book that I'm reading, it's pretty cool. You should all go read it. And I was reading it this week. Um, it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I was thinking about how we were preparing for John, and I stumbled across this, and there is a passage in John, John 15, 5, and it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's kind of what Addie was just talking about, is when the disciples were obeying and when they were abiding with Jesus and listening to his word, um, they were fruitful and they were bearing fruit. And so that verse is been really impactful in my life and it has taught me a lot and so in this book it was talking about that verse and it was talking about how we are to live a life like Jesus and how we do that is by abiding and it says one of his most important teachings on emotional health and spiritual life talking about John 15 5 and it says What's underneath every thriving vine? A trellis, a structure to hold up the vine so it can grow and bear fruit. What a trellis is to a vine, a rule of life is to abiding. It's a structure. So it's talking about how we should follow Jesus' Jesus's example for his lifestyle. And that's what I was struck by this week about John, but also about all the Gospels, is that they are the life and teachings of Jesus and how cool is that that we have those and yes we get to read about him and learn about him but we shouldn't stop there we should take those teachings and how Jesus lived his life which is what the book was getting at 
it was talking about how Jesus didn't live his life hurried and we should apply that to our lives. And it was talking about looking at the teachings as a biography and it says, think about biographies. Why do we read them? Usually they're stories about their lives, not just to know something, not just to know about a person, but to become like them, or possibly to make sure we don't become like them, to emulate their success or avoid their failure. In reading about them, we hope to better understand ourselves. In reading their stories, we hope to make sense of our own. So that's how I was struck by, by John this week and by abiding, is how can we become more like Jesus by living like him and abiding in him and having a firm structure like a trellis to root our lives in and that should be God's word and living like Jesus did so yeah Addie do you want to pray yeah I love to um, Heavenly Father, I come to you and thanks for the opportunity to sit down and talk about this last gospel. God, thank you for the fruit of this series and just the intentionality that was spent um, in allowing the writers to write them for us so that we could understand the gospel and all the audiences in different contexts. God, I thank you for the truth of John 3.16, for that you loved the world so much that you gave your only son and whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God, that is the greatest news that we could ever hear. That is victory news. And I pray it over all of the listeners that they would come to know you, come to know him so that they may have eternal life and celebrate you. Um, and in you. God, I pray over our weeks that we surrender everything to you and continue to live and surrendered. Allow us to lay down all of our anxieties and fears at your feet and not pick them back up again. And it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Follow us on Instagram at a faith podcast. If you need prayer or just want to chat, email us at ourheartsrendered at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening with. And with that, let's strive to live in wholehearted surrender each week. Bye.